It's the Stretch Four Podcast, your weekly look at hoops, hip hop, culture, and life. From me, Aaron Herzog. <laughs> and me, Keenan Willis. Keenan, what's so funny about my little pause that I did? Yeah. It's just, <laughs> I don't know. It felt a little McConnell esque in the moment. You know, putting a little flair into the intro. <laughs> you know, we have the we have what we say down, and now you play around with how you say it. It's all sure, part of sure. growing. It's all part of growing as a podcast. Your your stage your stage presence is you know increasing and enhancing. I get it. You know the it. the the kickoff is an important part of of a podcast, and I think I think ours is I think ours is decent. You know, it gets the point across. It starts yeah. it starts things starts things off, sets the tone. And, you know, now you just gotta play around with maybe like a little bit of, you know, flair, a little dr- drama, you know, gotta hold up the curtain, pull it back. You know? Yeah, I think a lot about... of people do that with with volume. That's the only dynamic they play with on an intro. Uh, yeah. You get a lot of yelling at the yelling. beginning. Uh-huh. Uh, we don't we don't need that. We don't yeah. need that. Or like adding nicknames or to either their fans or their co-hosts, you know, yeah. just like continually growing nicknames like their Apollo Creed. Uh, <laughs> we don't need that, but we do no. need a little help with our sign off. If anybody has ever listened all the way to the end, you'll know that. Oh, I think the sign offs are perfect. I like it, but it, I'm never fully prepared for it. I'm never fully That's prepared why I for think the it's sign perfect. off. And then I got to improvise it in the moment. So it is, you know, it's a well-prepared <laughs> opening and uh, and something we try to improvise at the end. And you know yeah. what? You give me a nice lift sometimes when when needed. So <laughs> it plays in it plays into our dynamic as a team. Yeah, I think I think it's good. I think it's a good representation. Um, Keenan. Do you want to get right into the topics that we have this week, or is there anything you want to chit chat about before we before we just roll um, right in? You got any life? You got any life topics you want to talk about? I no, I want to talk about. Um, I mean, it's hot outside. Other than that, you know, the world's burning, and yeah, we're just here uh, working on little reports. But other than that. Let's, let's get into it. We're chilling. You know, I have one life thing I want to mention. Um, and it's also a hoops thing. Um, and, you know, I'm not I'm not in the writer's guild. I'm not in the screen actor's guild. I'm not technically on strike right now. But I would never tell anyone to watch any television program that might be going on television uh, uh, produced by one of the struck companies. Mm. But if you just happen to be watching television and you just be happening to watch a television program about basketball because you're a basketball fan you might see someone that looks like me with uh, a ridiculous looking hair that is probably a wig that's all (laughs) that's all i'm gonna say and it might start this sunday august 6th and you could figure it out from there i'm gonna be honest i didn't realize it started this sunday yeah uh-huh. I thought I thought it was a little later in the month, so that's good to know. Good little little nugget back. Yeah, so that's I mean, that's just a little thing. Spend your Sunday nights how you want. Certainly don't watch uh certainly not I wouldn't tell you to watch TV, but you know, we all need a little <laughs> entertainment in our lives. Sure. sure. Yeah. Sometimes there's, you know, interesting stories about the 1980s and the basketball teams 
of the era. Some 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 dynastic tales that may or may not be true or embellished or you know <laughs> Jerry West, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, they they're like this is all BS. And you know what? <laughs> to that I say it's you know it's based it says it's based on true events. It doesn't say I, it is exactly true events. To that I say they're old. <laughs> they don't, you're saying they don't remember things correctly? Maybe maybe they don't remember. That's all. I'm just saying it's a possibility. That's all. Yeah, I'm saying they probably take some things and and change them around <laughs> for dramatic effect. And on that's television? that's that's coming from someone who was on set. <laughs> so you're telling me uh, on television, yeah, that they, everything might they not sometimes be... change what happened. Yeah, uh huh. To make things, yeah, wow, d- dramaturgically interesting. <laughs> wow. Is dramaturgically an actual word, or did the dude from Succession just say it in an interview and now it's become a meme? No, no, I believe that's a word. You know, not big on reading, so. I mean, if liturgically is a word, I don't see why dramaturgically. Dramaturgically? I mean, he presumably went to theater school, so he probably knows this word (laughs) much better than I. It's just the first time I ever heard it. Listen, words words are as real as we make them. That you know what that is true. Yeah. So you know, yeah, a lot of people are like, you know, that's not what that's that's not the definition of a word, and it's like, oh, you know, the definitions of words change. You know, big, big picture. Did you did you understand what I meant? Yeah, if exactly. That's the case. Then then it's a word. Yeah, that's all you need. Yeah, that's all you Even need. Though I am I'm a stickler for saying that's not a real word but whatever <laughs> what's your what's your favorite one is there one that like bugs oh. you? favorite meaning like it bugs you the most when people say yeah, I, ha- um, I have one and it's not it's not really one it's more of a grammatical one but i'll let you go first unless you want time to think while i say mine. Well, yeah i mean it's not it's not specifically like it's more phrases than words that 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 bother me yeah um like and it's it's like the classics like like oh i i i could care less like that may, if you think about what you're saying for a moment I that could. makes no sense or is it sarcastic no i it's not it's not i guarantee is you it, it's not is it like how the alanis morissette song ironic <laughs> is ironic because nothing in the song is actually ironic so it comes full circle it's a deeper level genius than any of us can truly comprehend. Uh, listen, I'll I'll give Alanis that, but I don't think most people understood that the first time they listened to it. I don't think anybody did either. And you know what? I'll I'll <laughs> say it. I'll bring some controversy onto the stretch for podcast. Did Alanis really know that? <laughs> That's the big question. Did Alanis know that by just putting happenstance coincidences into her song called ironic she was actually being ironic that that is the true question of our time let's not worry about who you want to know was about dave coulier i was gonna say if she got hung up on dave then (laughs) (laughs) but i mean you can't blame her for that she was like a child at the time i think that was uh that she was like 16 when Jack and Little Bill came out? 
No, no, no. When oh, the Dave alleged, When the alleged uh, dating okay. of Dave Coulier happened. Okay, okay, fair, fair. Yeah, she I was. Think she was pretty young when uh when Jagged Little Pill did come out, though. That's interesting. Um, what was that like? Ninety. I'm going to say four, 94, 95. I remember it really popping off when I was in sixth grade, which was 95, 96. 90, yeah, it was 95. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm i going to give her the benefit of the doubt. Well, first off, I don't know that she wrote the song. I'm going to, I'm going to assume that she did. Cause I think she, she did have a fair amount. I of, think she of was like a, credits on that. Yeah, album. I think so. And I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt. I, I, I think, she, I think she understood. Yeah, it was a deeper uh, yes, level joke lyrics, that she definitely that she was definitely in on. All lyrics written by Alanis Morissette. Yeah, she does seem like the type of person who would like get mad because someone was using the word ironic wrong and then uh, punish the entire world with a song that made everyone <laughs> use it wrong. <laughs> like one yeah. specific person who's like she couldn't stand was just like kept <laughs> kept using ironic wrong and she had to explain that it wasn't actually ironic. Exactly. Exactly. She does seem like that sort of like, you know, English nerd or something. Which uh, that's that's the type of petty that I aspire to. So I support that wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, the one that bothers me, and it's uh, it's only ever in the written word because it's a it's a not a typo, but it is like a grammatical error when people uh, use the word apart to say mm. a part mm. like yeah yeah oh th- this is a part of instead of this is a part of it's like you're saying yeah. the, op- the the like it's the opposite of what you're yep. saying yep a part yep. yeah is separately not a piece of yeah it's just yeah. funny because it's like what do you think you're saying <laughs> And like when you when you hear single word apart in other situations, what do you think that means? Oh yeah, you know, huh? Like like take that song, word never tear us apart. Fallen out of the lexicon? Are people not saying apart anymore? What do you, what do you think? Never tear us apart is about. Like never tear us a piece of something. Like what do you? Yeah, do you just think that like, or do you think it's like a a homonym? Now, you know what I mean? You think it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A word that means two different things. I remember one time I was, uh, I was watching the 30 for 30 on Hank Gathers. Mm -hmm. And I, and there's a part where someone's being interviewed. It might be Bo Kimball, it might be somebody else. Um, but they were talking about Hank Gathers and they something about him, like having like ha- having like heart, you know what I mean? Like something about and I don't know if it was an old interview, like I it might have <laughs> been like at the time, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like them like praising like how much heart he had. And it was like yeah. this, you know, like obviously like, a you know, like everyone knows what happened to Hank Gathers. But it was like this foreshadowing moment and it was like them trying to like praise him and like ultimately you know he had like a heart issue that like killed him on the court so like yeah. it like hit me and i started crying 
right? Like I, mm. I cried at it and I like posted about it on Facebook that I teared up while watching it. And other people thought I said teared up and people started like <laughs> yelling at me. Like people started yelling at me on Facebook because they thought I was laughing at someone who was like, Hank Gathers is the heart of a lion. And I was like, I mean, no, no, I cried. That's what, that's what I, I just did. <laughs> but like, yeah, at my situation, you know what I mean? Imagine, imagine laughing at that and then posting about laughing about it online. <laughs> yeah, it's one thing to have that reaction in the moment. It's another thing to then it's feel like you need to share it. that. And be like, this was so funny. Somebody <laughs> saying how great Hank Gather's heart was. Well, guess what? You don't know what's going to happen in a year. Oh, oh, this guy was praising Hank Gather's heart. Little did he know. You big dummy. Yeah, uh, no, I was talking about how emotional it made me, not how big of an asshole I am, <laughs> and then bragging what? about it. God. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's a bad that's a bad one. That's a really yeah. bad one. Mm-hmm. We have some we have some more hoops hip hop culture and life. Most mostly hoops and hip hop to get to, I I I believe. Uh we'll see what happens, but uh yeah. Uh, we've got a little a little rundown for you. I'm going to start with uh, we're about to enter LeBron James' 21st season as an NBA player, which is nuts. It's that's, ridiculous, that's especially like for how good he still is. Yeah, you know, and for, for how the, at how- the top of his game. Yeah, and for how much I am uh, still a free agent, this now marks <laughs> twenty-one seasons that I have not been picked up by a team. Because you are, um, you graduated exactly LeBron James's. Le- You're LeBron like LeBron is a same few weeks age. older than me. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's a he's, few weeks older. He's just about one year exactly younger than me. Mm-hmm. Um, which is like, you know, that's really. <laughs> Is really starting to mess with my head, you know. Oof, yeah, the yeah. guy who's the guy who's been in the NBA forever, the guy who's been in the NBA for like longer than some NBA players have been born. Yeah, no. no. Um, but yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at a list right here. So we got Vince Carter at 22 seasons, which you know he went to college for at least a, for one year. So he, I want to say two. I yeah, I thought I thought it might have been two as well. But like, you know, he definitely he played for 22 years. But yeah. when was his last year as like a really <laughs> good was he player? Relevant. <laughs> like the net, like was the Nets the last time he was relevant cuz he went Raptors Nets and like he finished his his Nets career in 2009 and then he was with the Magic, the Suns, the Mavericks, the Grizzlies, the Kings, and the Hawks. Was he like relevant at all from 2009 to 2020? You know, I would say he had a he had a brief moment of with the Mavericks maybe? relevancy with the Mavs. Yeah, because he was he yeah. was their six man for a minute. Yeah, um, but like that that was really it. Yeah, and then we got you know Robert Parrish. Kevin Willis, I almost said Keenan Willis. Uh, <laughs> Kevin Garnett and Dirk played for 21 seasons. 
can't really remember. I can't really remember the end of Robert Parrish's and Robert Parrish's career. I mean, I remember he was on that uh, Bulls team, but just yeah. as like an old man. Yeah, he he. I I would argue Robert Parrish wasn't Even, relevant in his prime, but that's a hot take. I mean, he uh, was you know a solid player, but yeah, yeah he was yeah he he was he was fine. You know, he was fine. Kevin Willis, role player, played in yeah. two thousand seven. I don't think he was really much of anything after his stint with the Raptors. I mean, he was he was Udonis Haslam at that point. You know, he was just yeah veteran presence. He was Garn- on the floor a little more, but yeah, Garnett was solid to the end. You yeah. know, he wasn't he yeah. wasn't the same, but he was <clears throat> solid. He wasn't the big ticket, but he was playable. Yeah, Dirk was pretty solid till his Dirk- maybe last year. His last year, you know what I mean? Yeah, Dirk like. I think if 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 Dirk had wanted it more, he probably could have had another season of like actually being more impactful. But I think it, by that point, it was like, yeah, kind of for who for what. It's you know? just yeah, it's just a victory tour. He's yeah. passing the torch to Luca at that time. Yeah, yeah. And then at twenty seasons, we've got Kareem, Kobe, Jamal Crawford. Udonis Haslam, LeBron James. Jamal Crawford could still play. He could. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say that right now. Jamal Crawford could still contribute to an NBA team. Yeah. I does it make sense for him to be on an NBA team? I would understand why a team wouldn't want to necessarily quote unquote waste a roster spot on him that they could, you know, have someone younger developing in. But like if you just need a bucket. Yeah, he can still get you a bucket. He's 43 right now. And, you know, you'll see clips come out every once in a while of him hooping. And he looks he looks like he could do it. No, no. But yeah, LeBron is he's 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 argue showing no signs of slowing slowing down. down. Yeah, he doesn't look like he's like, you know, he's not like he's not prime LeBron, obviously, like like just like in terms of like peak athleticism but he's still he's still an all-star he and he hasn't re like he's changed his game a little bit from like when he could just like go all out all the time do whatever but like he's he hasn't he's not just doing old man game you know he hasn't just turned completely into old man game he's still hanging athletically with like the rest of the league yeah for sure for sure like you like Think about Wizards Jordan. Wizards Jordan still gave you 20, but like it was a it was a slow methodical, I'm just gonna yeah, you reach, I teach type yep. of situation, mm-hmm. which has its place for sure. Um yeah, yeah where you can get buckets and conserve yeah. energy. <laughs> yeah, and like averaging 20 at that point. The Kawhi Leonard game. Right, right. Right. Um, you know, averaging 20 at in, in 2003, I think means a little more than averaging 20 now, uh, just based on the the way the league was. Yeah. The scoring. pace and the. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like it, it, it certainly did. It, it looked a certain way. LeBron, LeBron can still score in the same way that 
the league is scoring these days. Yeah. Like, uh-huh. argue, he's, he's a he's a better three point shooter. I don't know if the if the statistics would back me up on this, but just eye test, he looks like he's a better three point shooter than he was younger. At, at, than he was younger. Yeah. Um. He's just as strong, if mm-hmm. not stronger. He's yeah. just not as explosive all the time, but he still can do it. Yeah. That's the crazy part. It's not it's that he good. can't do it anymore. He just that he doesn't like five years ago. Smarter. Yeah. Five years ago when he was leaving Cleveland and like picking his next destination, I was pretty sure he was going to start like the slow transition into being like a small ball center, like a like a Draymond Green type player. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. Like couldn't I mean like yeah, I thought he's they, at least going to be a power forward. Yeah, like he, he him becoming Draymond Green is like if he plays ten more years, he'll be Draymond. He'll be Draymond Green when he's fifty. Like, yeah, which is it's it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, and I yeah that goes into like the hard work and like effort and how much he puts into his body as well as just like you know so so much with physical stuff is your genetics. But that right. only takes you so far. And, you yeah. know, like so much of it is just like what you have, what you've been given by your genetics. And he has made the absolute most of it and preserved the longevity by doing every single little thing that you could, you know, possibly do to take care of your body in all sorts of different ways. Yeah. The- Did you ever, like, I remember seeing like, I would see like some like, workouts that NBA players do in the offseason and like a lot of the like little stuff that like like LeBron was maybe one of the first people I saw like post it but it would be like a lot of like stabilization work and like mm-hmm. they they work with like uh with like bands and it's just like they're just like doing like core work and it looks like I'm just like this does not look like a hard workout at all and some of the stuff that he does looks great. Like the balance, the balance ball stuff is like, wow, that takes like ridiculous levels of strength. But it's just like, right. you know, he'll right. be doing like, you know, like single leg, like single leg uh, dumbbell, like uh, deadlifts. But he's like with like 15 like pounds, banded, yeah. like banded or like with 15 pounds yeah. and stuff. And it's just like, oh, yeah, you don't you like you don't need to be like you know, moving like five, you don't need to be like squatting 500 pounds to be like right. actually right. like working on your body. And it's probably better for you in terms of like longevity and like, you know, especially like an athletic sport, like basketball, like, you know, you're not trying to do like max force power exertion, you know, for short right. bursts of time. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, and, and like the older I've gotten, the more I've, I've realized it's not about like, like when you're younger, I feel like you are trying to add strength and like mm-hmm. add bulk and yeah, but in you know, like things big like that, li- like doing like squats and deadlifts and bench press yeah. and like things that add like you know like full body exercises, but like overall muscle and strength. And it's like oh, the right. like the small things, the stabilizers, the stability stuff, the you know, yeah, that you're you're no longer trying to add like because because to, uh, to a certain extent. That's just going to come naturally. You're going to like, there's ways to add strength without adding bulk. Mm -hmm. And like you, you start to get to a point where you're, you are, you've built what you want to be. And now it's how long can I preserve this Mm -hmm. versus trying to continue to improve that? Let me just stay 
where I am and 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 maintain my my movement. Like I was actually watching, uh, excuse me, an interview with um with Chet Holmgren, uh, where he was talking about his process of like trying to add uh size to his frame, and he was like, it's really not about adding weight; it's about adding strength. Because like I I I could. Sure. Could I, could I just add like some muscle to, to my frame and, and things like that? Sure. But like, I'm going to move slower. You know, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to be a little more rigid in my movements. It's not about adding the the bulk. It's just staying strong so that you can withstand, you know, banging in the post and things like that. And with LeBron, yeah. it's, it's, can I stay stable? Can I stay you know, continue to be low to the ground and powerful and stuff like that. It's, it's, it's impressive to watch. It's remarkable. And this is even like a, this is a tangent of what our original point of talking about LeBron's longevity has been, (laughs) uh, which is basically like LeBron has been around for so long, how much the world has changed since we are aware (laughs) of LeBron James. And I have, I have a list up right now. I'm at, uh, I'm on Boss Magazine, thebossmagazine.com, and it's a list of 21st century inventions with the biggest impact. So I'm just gonna I'm okay. cold reading it right now to see like what, <clears throat> how the world has changed, what inventions have come around while LeBron James has been dominating the NBA. First on the list, smartphones. Obviously, you know it's huge. You know we all have computers in our pockets now. They they came out around the first iPhone 15 years ago. LeBron James yeah. was two contracts into his career. <laughs> LeBron James was LeBron James was six years deep into his career when the iPhone came out. I remember I've always been like I've always I've always done weird like pessimistic math in my head. Like I re- like ever since I was a little kid, I remember like just kind of thinking like I, at some point my dad told me like, oh, an average like career for like a basketball player is like 10 years or something like that. You know, so I remember mm-hmm. like or like a, a sport, a sports guy. He just told me at one point like 10 years. So I always had this in my head. So like I remember when like Donovan McNabb was like an eagle. Right. Mm-hmm. He got drafted to the Eagles and they, he was like really good early on. And he was like two. they made like the NFC championship, like in his second year or third year or something like that. But I started doing like that pessimist, like sort of pessimistic. Matt. I was just like, oh, he's like two years in. And then when he was five years in, I was like, oh, wow, he's halfway through his career already. And like my brain's right. always been do- like bad like that. It's not good. It's not. <laughs> it's not a good way to think. Especially right, as right. I reach forty, as I re, as I creep towards forty years old, it's not, it's not a good way to break things down. You know, it's not right, exactly right, living right. in the moment from from day to day. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't know what I don't know what my original uh point was with that regarding LeBron James and and smart, but I guess like that was six years into his career. So thinking about that in that terms, it's like, oh, he's like sixty yeah. percent of what like. I envisioned as like a child of being like what, you know? Yeah. Of what a full career would be. And that's smartphones. Here's a, here's a, yeah. Here's a weird tangent. I'll say uh, just, just to throw out as a hypothetical and then we can get back on this train. Uh, Looking back on Bron's career, at what point do you think he solidified his hall of fame status? Like Hall of Fame, like where where could you 
where could you draw a line and say like if he hadn't played past this year, Ooh. he still would be in the Hall of Fame? I would probably need more. Um, I would probably need more uh, time to look at his career and and think about this. I'm going to quickly try to pull up his like basketball reference page. My my gut instinct was probably too early. I would have said the first time he took the the like my gut instinct was to say the first time he took Cleveland to the to the finals. Ooh, but that's, that's pretty early. Probably too early. That's what right? 2009? 2000 2007? 2009? It might have been earlier. Oh, I I wish I wish there was a a quick this is this is when we need that producer so we could continue to talk while somebody else looks it up. (laughs) Well, I yeah, I I'll 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 do this. I'll I'll give you my answer what I was thinking of. I'm saying 2012 um, because it's his third MVP. Mm -hmm. I think at that point you pretty much solidify a Hall of Fame career. Uh, So it was 2000. It was 2007. So the 2006-2007 season. So that's probably a little bit too early. Yeah, I think if you do that and you go 0-1 in the finals, you're like a really good player. I mean, that's only his it's only, his it's only his fourth season. Right, right, so, which is nuts, by the yeah. way. Nuts. Yeah, to drag that team to the finals in your yeah. fourth season. You know, that was like kind of in the heyday of the East isn't any good, right. but still he didn't have much help on that team at all. So no. 2012, that's his second year with Miami. Mm-hmm. So it's his first time. It's his first chip, his third MVP. He's, he's got a ring and he's got a third MVP. It was his third MVP in the past four years. And like that, that's like definitely like a stamp, like a, okay, mm-hmm. he's a hall of famer stamp. Realistically, if the, he would have had some sort of like tragic injury or something before then, he probably yeah. would have he probably would have been a Hall of Famer just through his Cleveland career, just through like 2009, 2010, his 25 year old season. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that that's true. I mean, he's a six time at there. He's a six time all star. He's a two. Is he a two time MVP or just a one time MVP at that point? Just one. Just one. Just one. You know he's like a, a almost a thirty point per game scorer. It's it's interesting, but I mean yeah, because there is like the whole thing where he's kind of had like three full Hall of Fame careers. Yeah, yeah, like three separate careers that all warrant being in the Hall of Fame on their own. Yeah, I, you know that's interesting. Okay, if you. No, you know what? You make a good point because now I'm thinking about this. Especially because like ba- like the Basketball Hall of Fame criteria is all over the place. Yeah, like I'm looking at a guy like Bernard King. Bernard King's a Hall of Famer. You look at his NBA career on paper. He won one scoring title, four-time All-Star, two-time first-team a second and a third team and a comeback player of the year. Yeah. As that's a, not, that's yeah. LeBron's first, you know, through 2000, his first run with Cleveland is stronger than that. Probably he has, a, he's a 
He's a three-time SEC player of the year. Because and it is the basketball. It is the Hall basketball of Hall of Fame. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's interesting. Uh, yeah, because like hmm. foreign players who never even played in the NBA are are in the Hall of Fame. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Uh let's get let's get back to some 21st century innovations. Uh social media. LeBron yeah, James man. was around, you know, kind of before. Before Facebook, before Facebook was before, all over the place. Sure, for sure. It was probably just Didn't... at Harvard when he came into the league. Uh yeah, it was it was in the Ivies when he uh I think he predates Facebook. He he got drafted before Facebook started. He was because he was drafted, yeah, because he, he was a rookie was June of three. Yeah, our freshman year at Temple, he was a rookie. Yeah. And I remember you making me sign up for Facebook our sophomore year at Temple. That's right, like, baby. Early, early on. Get in. You could get your little web. You could have more of a, a, a connected web than your other uh, f- friends from Friend Central. <laughs> I feel like I was on Facebook. Like, yeah, I, I would have to look back and see. But I, I feel like I, I was Very on Facebook early. freshman year. Yeah. Well, it was pretty early because it was watching the you wave on of it, how but you it didn't was, start pushing it. Yeah. Yeah. The the wave of how it was pushed out was interesting because it was like Ivy's first and then it was like big state schools next. Dang. LeBron James wasn't even allowed to be on Facebook. LeBron That's James, fair. he didn't have, That's he didn't a good have a point. Dot. He couldn't be on Facebook. He That's didn't a have good a dot you. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's a fair point. He could not be on Facebook. You know, unless he was taking like community college classes or something and had, you know, taken Akron a, community college classes and he had like a LeBron.James at Akron.edu. That's no, that's a fair that's a fair point. It didn't go to the mass public until like Yeah, when he was in it? the finals. Yeah. <laughs> it was years before they opened it up and ruined it by letting our parents on there. Facebook was open to the public in 2006, September of 2006, to everyone aged 13 and older yeah. with a valid email address. There you go. LeBron James had to wait. He was almost in the NBA final. His first Facebook status was was going to San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> Is that who they, that's who they played in those finals? Yeah. 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 He was he was on he was on his way to his third uh, All Star season when he got when he was allowed to have Facebook. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, the next one I don't care about. It's it's uh it's tokenization like Bitcoin and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. to that okay. I say, who cares? Uh <laughs> the next <laughs> one, next one, very interesting. Uh, GPS navigation. The global mm. positioning system isn't us 21st century innovation, but until the it year two, 2000, it was controlled by the U.S. military and not publicly available. So I mean, it year... still technically is yeah. controlled by the U.S. military, but that's but a whole different conversation. Yeah, it's everything now. I yeah. the, the my I kept a you know non smartphone um, until I got a job working for Sprint, and then I got like a free a free phone and plan with like unlimited data. And as Mm. soon as I had a phone that had GPS, I was like, that was it. I could never go back. It wasn't like, oh yeah, it wasn't email on my phone. It wasn't like 
It it wasn't like easier texting. It wasn't like watching videos. It wasn't surfing the web. Surfing the web, I just said. It was <laughs> GPS. I was like, okay, th- this is that was the Rubicon. I was like, I can't go back now. That's that's yeah. It's it is a that's a tipping point for sure. Like, do you remember like not knowing where the hell you were at? You remember like having the, to print print uh like map quest directions? directions? Yeah. But like not even that, just like being like in a city, like, you know, I was young, you know, I was like in college or whatever, but like, so I didn't, you know, I hadn't been that many places by myself on my own, but like, but like just like being in the middle of somewhere and like not know, like relying on like somebody else, just like knowing where you were going. I mean, it was very rare for me because I was, I was a little Charlie Day at that point uh and and just was just in philly around. yeah because you you <laughs> yeah. like grew up you you know you grew up in the city so you probably you yeah. like you know but like yeah i remember like i didn't really go off campus all that much until our junior year you know when they like kicked us off campus and made us live yeah. somewhere else but like yeah. you know i would go to like philly's games or like south just stuff right off the broad street line just like really right easy stuff and like whenever we would do some sort of like group outing somewhere i was just like totally like where the fuck am i and like you know years later now that i know the city of philadelphia i was like oh i was in rittenhouse square and i had no (laughs) idea where i was right 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 you know right yeah and i would i wouldn't have been able to tell you how to get back there like without like somebody else like (laughs) do you know somebody led me here and I didn't pay attention enough on my own to be able to tell you where the hell I am or how to get anywhere. Right. And I didn't no, have. That's true. And, if, and it's hilarious now, just like knowing like Philly as I do. You know what I mean? Like I walked everywhere. Like, no, you know? Yeah. Knowing this grid system. The and way it's you do a now. super easy grid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Even like when I didn't have a car anymore and then was like what the hell was i doing driving places <laughs> like why did i ever yeah. drive yeah you yeah. know it's rare it's rare that you need to it's more it's more just often it, it's more convenient to yeah and even like, even sometimes then it's like eh, it's, it's probably easier for me to just walk yeah ppa got my car i let them take it if you ever bought a a white uh chevy blazer at a PPA auction, uh, give me back the stuff that was in the trunk. I don't remember what it was, but it pro- some of it probably a sentimental value. Probably useful. Probably useful. Um, what else? Let's go back to the streaming. Yeah, not a concept. Streaming was not a concept. The way we all get our our uh, our music, our the way the way we consume yeah. pretty much all media at this we point. all had cable subscriptions when lebron we were all watching nba on tnt over the air or whatever not <laughs> cable i guess it's not technically over the air but just just watching things programmatically yeah uh-huh is is a wild concept to like i'll tell you this the television yeah. show friends was still on the air jesus Friend, because I remember, I I remember uh, there was like you know a bunch of our friends freshman year like got together to watch the finale of Friends in the spring semester, and 
you know, I hung out and watched. I didn't watch Friends after I I realized recently I only ever watched the first season of Friends live. But you know what I mean? Like, yeah, when yeah. it aired, I think I was in like fourth grade or something and or no, I was in third. Uh, yeah. Fourth grade or third grade or something. And then like basketball started right after that. And we would have practice on Thursday nights. And I remember being a, I remember being bummed because it was at the same time as friends came on. And I was like, oh, I'm going to miss friends now. I remember not caring about friends at all. Yeah. Uh, if, if we're talking, what was that? NBC must see Thursdays. Yeah. Um you really I watched for I watched Seinfeld. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty much it. I had already watched Living Single. I I knew what was happening on Friends. <laughs> um yeah. Streaming. E-readers. That's I mean that is that really mm, one of the yeah. greatest inventions of the 21st century? Like it's just a, I mean, well, it's just there's an a lot iPod of things for books. There's a lot of things that were cool and until apple just made them part of the iphone yeah it's convenient it's nice yeah it's yeah. nice to have like a you know like a uh whatever it's called a kindle or like some sort of like other e-readers but like yeah it's yeah it's, so it's just little, uh, it's all in your kindle right, right here now. yeah paper white or yeah. uh you know yeah it's a it's a kindle fire it's basically yeah. just it's a it's an ipad i got a kindle i i got a kindle fire because it was like ridiculously on sale it was like less than 50 dollars, and i was like literally the only reason i got that yeah i was like i'll get this to read books and i read i I read you know i i go in and out of reading books i'm in a book phase right now but i'm also in a in a bit of an audio book phase i'm listening to non-fiction audio books right i've i've gotten over my like oh listening to a book is not reading a book it is it is it is it, is. it does you're the consuming same. the book yeah it does yeah. the same thing in your brain you're hearing the words yeah. you know yeah it's actually probably better it probably sinks in more than reading it Depending i think on with how much how much you're actually paying attention to it as you listen to it if you're not like passively listening to it right and i think with nonfiction, which is the majority of what i'm consuming um i think it actually is better yeah um you know like i I, I don't i i wouldn't i wouldn't want to listen to fiction necessarily yeah same Uh uh-huh but nonfiction, yeah occasionally there's a pretty good i listen to um i listen to no country for old men on audiobook Mm. because i was just like i was just like out for a walk and i was like sick of every podcast i was listening to so i was like and it was like right after Cormac McCarthy died. And I was like, oh, I'm mm. going to download this and listen to it. And it was a, it was a good audiobook, But it's because of how closely the movie just followed the book. That's mm. why okay. it was a good audiobook Because you could just picture every single thing that happens is exactly right. as the movie. But for, yeah, for the most part, I'm listening to um, listening to, to nonfiction and, and reading with my eyes fiction. Yep. Uh, the human genome map. It began yeah, in 1990, and kind of uh, yeah, I guess you know. Sure. I, I mean, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Does it change? Is it as big as smartphones? I mean, probably. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. There are probably <laughs> things that are better about it than smartphones, but you know, how are we gonna really talk about it 
and how it impacts our day-to-day lives, you know? Yeah. Doesn't uh, have nearly the impact. And that, there's a separate en- entrance on this list for cryptocurrency. I thought that's what they were talking about when they said tokenization. Not entirely. Oh, it's like, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. It's like how they encrypt. Tokenization is more specifically talking about how they encrypt data when we make transactions online. So basically, yeah. So making it possible to uh, safely do uh, shopping online, which is a huge, which is pretty huge. It's important. And, you know, like all uh, innovations uh, that lead to that are like closely related to capitalism. Terrible. It's bad. (laughs) Convene, you know, sure. The price of the price of convenience is everything. The amount of times that I have gone to order something online and I'm like, no, just get up and go to the store where you can buy this. Yeah. That's like 10 minutes away from you. Yeah. And have it now. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and also and, not and have also to support a local business. Support a local business. Uh, you know, slight slight environmental impact that adds up over time. Sure. Um, gets my gets me moving. Yeah, our next shirt is the price of convenience is everything. <laughs> <laughs> There's probably a better way to word that, but. Uh. The prices of convenience is far from convenient. Well, like it's, little, I don't know. It's not as catchy. We'll it's not as catchy. It. No. no uh-uh. You know the. Uh, I don't. I don't trust this link. I didn't even click on it yet, but it says the ten greatest inventions of the past decade, and number one is Google Assistant, and number two is CRISPR. What the What the hell is CRISPR? Have you ever I'm heard? Assuming of there's CRISPR? no e. Yeah, C-R-I-S-P-R. Technology is still in its early days, but there's no denying the world-changing potential of the gene editing system known as CRISPR. Oh, okay, it's a gene editing system. Essentially a process for slicing out undesired strands of DNA, i.e. disease. Oh, it's eugenics. It's a eugenics. Yeah. It's science eugenics. Yeah. Yeah. So everybody will be able to make their own LeBron James's. Who's behind them? But only because we, we've now mapped things sucks. specifically based on the Human Genome Project. Yeah, this list is terrible. Google Assistant, CRISPR, SpaceX's reusable rocket, Venmo, the Nest thermostat, iPad. Who? What kind of like paid marketing ass? Uh, That's ridiculous. Uh, article is this. The iPad, the self-driving car, consumer LED light bulb, the ring doorbell, and Tesla Powerwall. Get the hell out of here, Inc.com. So there's really only like four companies represented there. Yeah. That I heard, at least. What kind of pay-to-play nonsense? (laughs) Ugh. Yikes. Yeah, the ring doorbell, the greatest, one of the greatest uh, inventions of the 21st century. Yeah, let's let's help the surveillance state. Let's add more cameras everywhere. Yeah, it led to nextdoor.com, the the most coded, the most the most coded 
scared ass people on the internet. I'm more of a uh, a citizen guy myself. Oh yeah, that's which is like even worse because they they came out and I, I think it was Vice that was like no they they like pay people to to artificially inflate things and it's weird to write. as I said that by uh my my Google assistant just lit up. <laughs> so to so like, wait a minute, he knows. So to just like post on it in general, or to write things. Yeah, that to like, like manufacture. Yeah, it, both. Um, to but basically like to just to manufacture fear. Uh, yeah. Every post uh, yeah. on Nextdoor is I saw someone who doesn't look like me, and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Beware! Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. Beware! A uh, person who isn't like me is in the neighborhood. God. Yeah, those um, are oof. those are rough. what 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 are some things that come to your mind uh specifically in the pa- you know in the past 21 years over the course of LeBron James some big changes I'd be mean, ride sharing I think is a big one. Again, all the it's so bad it's <laughs> how bad all of these things are. Every invention <laughs> in the past 20 years has been bad. Has there been one good invention in the past 20 years? Please tell me. The so here's the thing. Domino's pizza tracker? That's a lie. That's they not only even, were, That's not even only, true. They're only big because there is a, a good element of, of good to them. There's like, like, it's like these are all positive things, but are they net positive? I don't know. There, I mean, what is the po- the positive to all of them are like convenient. I will say, I will say, smartphones in general, just smartphones, mm-hmm. good. It's good. It's good. We can do all of those things with a phone. It's good that we can talk, call someone. It's good that we can talk to someone. It's good that we can look up information. Sure. It's good that we we can read a book or listen to music. It's good that all of these things are in one place. But, but is then- it a net positive? I mean, but then the, the I think I think smartphone, just smartphone, nothing that goes on it, not all the apps, not all of those things. You know what I mean? I think just like the idea of smartphone is ultimately good. But then when you get to like, OK, now we have like we have like social media apps that like warp people's brains and like take up their time and like doom scrolling and like uh, things that things that uh you know, tear people apart and, you know, uh, amplify voices that shouldn't be amplified and normalize hate speech and things like that. That's all bad. Is that smartphone sure. or is that, you know what I mean? Is that smartphone or is that like something else? Well, but that you could say that with all of these things, you know, it's they're all, you know, no pun intended talking about Uber, but like they're all vehicles for just net negative to to occur but they're not in and of themselves bad things but like some of them i think some of them evolved to be that way you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. twitter twitter evolved to that twitter wasn't created as that you know twitter was created as you know uh micro blogging social media you post little thoughts and jokes and whatever and like it you know evolved to being like oh we're gonna post like news things and then it you know evolved more and to be like oh these little communities are uh are 
are popping up where people with similar interests like can communicate and talk and like share things and stuff like that. And then like yeah. slowly like it became a place where people fight and like you know like sure half of it's but, trolls and half of it's like people who really mean it and you can't really tell and it warps everybody's brain so like that's not the intention of it at the beginning right right but the the problem with all of these things you know technology has to be funded and at some point you have to monetize them mm-hmm. that's and that's that's where the negative comes in but so then like, some of them some of them are created from the beginning with just that in mind, like Uber, like Uber was created. It's like, we're going to lose money until cars are driverless. We're going to exploit driver. Like from the beginning, their business plan was we cannot be profitable until we take people out of this, but we're just going to, we're taking that hit with venture capital money until we can completely eliminate drivers. And they're just betting on, but that's Uber. The yeah. concept of ride sharing itself, sure, is not inherently terrible. No, not at all. Just like uh, social media, not inherently terrible. Facebook was always bad. Sure, you know? yeah. So like, it's I I don't I don't think you can I don't I don't think you can say the ideas are bad. It's just the how they're being used and the fact that it's just connected to a capitalist system. Yeah, you know, well, once you once you add humans in, it's always going to be fucked up. You know, Los Angeles has a Los Angeles has a public rideshare system. It's mm-hmm. a doll. It's a dollar for a ride. It's through the city. You you call. It gives you a pickup time. It's like a it's like a short a short bus or like a van and comes yeah. picks you up and drops you off at your location. But it's it's but it's publicly funded and it's a dollar yeah. to take. And it's like mm-hmm. yeah, that's that yeah that rideshare. Let's have that rideshare. Right. Right. These are all great. Yeah. These are all great concepts, but it's, it's at a certain point when you want to, when you want to improve upon them in terms of our expectation of how convenient they're going to be, just like we've been talking about convenience is what breeds the, 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 the bad part um, for it to be as convenient as possible at a certain point, it becomes expensive and you have to monetize it. And the moment you have to monetize it is when all of the negative comes. It's when everything comes. Yeah. Because then it's like, how can we cut people out? How can we, you know, like how many restaurants have been screwed over because of like DoorDash and, you know, every single, you know, every the, single the, delivery app, you know, the the pandemic was like, or I, I shouldn't say the pandemic, I should say lockdown specifically, um, like really gave it an opportunity like for a moment DoorDash was a a lifeline and then yeah. it immediately became not a lifeline it immediately became the hand that's holding you down you know yeah. so it, it's it's tough it's tough i don't i'm not a smart enough person to be able to fix to to be able to to fix these problems but uh, i am uh, it just, it just informed enough to rant about them. <laughs> if you want a T-shirt, I would say it's uh, it, it's convenience breeds exploitation. Yeah, because that's that's really what happens. You can't have anything be super convenient without exploiting people. What is the most convenient 
non ex ex the library. How convenient is that, though? I mean, depends on where you are, I guess. The yeah. public library. Yeah. There's, there's, you know, one in every neighborhood. You got computers. You got books. <laughs> not every neighborhood. Well, not you know, yeah, not every neighborhood. That's the problem, you know. Yeah, they're only in certain neighborhoods. Yeah, and the ones that aren't, you know, the ones that maybe do make it are, to a are probably a, the ones that need them more. The the, the neighborhoods right. that don't have libraries are probably the ones that that need that them more. Yeah. Them. yeah, yeah, exactly. So like. It, it's not always convenient. I don't know. I don't know that there's anything that's truly convenient that's not at some level exploitative. That's what America, a question. Baby. What a question. <laughs> We're gonna you know what? The the podcast host we use lets us put questions in the uh, questions there we go. and and that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna ask this week for you to answer. What is convenient that is not exploitative? That's a that's a great question. Man. Is this just I mean it's not it's not new. You know what I mean? Like no. people, like people have been doing this and for, and forever? here's the thing. I don't think exploitation is always driven by bad intention. I think sometimes it's like I see the bigger picture, I see the greater good and some people getting exploited is just, a, you know, the, the ends justify the means. I don't think it's always driven by I'm terrible. Yeah. You know, so it's. Or at least in, in like, I, I mean, nobody thinks that they're terrible. Everybody thinks that the ends justify the means. And at sure. Some, but, you some, know, at some but some people, but some people know that they don't and they do it anyway. Well, some people don't care. Yeah, some yeah. people don't care. Some people are like just like actually just out for themselves and what they can gain. And some people yeah. are actively like that. But other people are like uh, think that they are ultimately doing things that are going to be a net positive or, you know, for the greater good or like. It's like the Elizabeth Holmes question, you know, like she, she knew Theranos was was bullshit, but she did. Did she, did she really think that? ultimately trying to get all of this funding to push towards this concept yeah the con yeah was, she had a concept. was the right idea yeah you know because oh if we actually do get there it's going to be such a a breakthrough that'll help so many people right was she yeah so oh if i can if i can lie and just get more money from people it will ultimately get us to the place where we need to be right so what will. what yeah what was she just naive was she naive and like to a certain point probably it's enough you have enough hubris, hubris to think that yeah, yeah it's like you could do it it's like a combination of like yeah being naive and being being uh having hubris that was poisoned through like a worship of like these like titans of modern industry that she developed you know what i mean like she she yeah. She loved, you know, Steve Jobs and all the like computer guys who like 
pushed through and like started small and like became yeah. like the biggest like titans of the computer world and like just kind of like bought into the fact that she could do the same thing in a different realm right at right. any at you know any cost yeah but it's like is is that who she was or was that just the plausible deniability and she knew a whole time what she was doing sure you know, that's that's the that's the question so but like i here's my question in the whole thing like if she knew what she was doing what did she think the end was that they were just gonna figure it out and then she would be rich anyway you get the the goal is just getting enough time yeah he's just buying time yeah yeah it's just the whole Man. it's Michael Jordan never lost a game. He just ran out of time. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, if you you defraud enough people, it's, it's like Bernie Madoff, too. Like, you know, you, yeah, you know this. You know how this ends. But it's like, do I have enough time to beat it? If I can just fool enough people, I can buy myself enough time to actually make this work. Yeah, you know, all she needed to do was write, uh, you know, write a a, a musical that starred Adolf Hitler, and <laughs> it's a real producer's ass scheme, you know. Just get a bunch of funding, <laughs> and then flop and keep all the money because you don't owe anybody anything because they. Oh, sorry, we didn't make a profit, so. God, I oh. I mean. Kinda. <laughs> I I really don't understand. I don't understand how how biz how business works at all. Like I'll watch like this. You know, speaking of Facebook, I'll watch like the Social Network, and you know Andrew Garfield's character storms in, and they're like, "You dissolved my shares," and I'm like, "What the fuck does that even?" Like I get <laughs> right, ultimately, right, right. I get that they like, oh, we like uh, split the company up in different ways, and you're yours percentage didn't translate the same way i get that yeah. i get it in mm. concept but i'm like how how, how do you just how do, do that? they yeah. just do that yeah, yeah it's all fake to me like how it turns do you out just, it's all like, fake in reality too yeah because it does yeah it was like oh you know we had a hundred shares and you owed 10 of them now we have a thousand shares and you still owe 10 or you still own 10 that's it that's it we didn't give like what how does that how is that legal i guess it wasn't because i guess they owed they did owe him money that they owed that guy money but like so i guess it wasn't but, technically legal but once you once you realize that our entire world economy is just built up on like we believe in it enough it's like the the, the world economy is like fucking tinkerbell yeah you know and like i was having that's how everyone stays okay i was having a hypothetical argument with uh with lauren yesterday just a small one over the uh over the mega millions lottery which mm -hmm. is like over like a billion dollars and i, I do buy I, lottery I played i played tuesday night I do buy lottery ticket. Nobody won, right? It's still going, still going still strong going. on Friday. So like, yeah. yeah, whenever the lottery gets like this big, I, you know, I pay my $2 so I can uh, kickstart my, kickstart my creative brain and thinking how I would 
how I would spend, <laughs> you know, a billion dollars, which ultimately becomes like 300 million or whatever it is after like, you know, you take the lump sum and then they take their taxes out of it or whatever, you know. Hmm. But it's like, you know, I was reading something online, an article about it, and it was just like, well, what you do is you put it into, a, a you know, you, you put the money into a an account, like a trust fund account that just tracks the tracks the stock market, which is going to continually grow by 7% a year. So you're going to, you know, earn 7% on that money year after year. You withdraw, yeah. withdraw 90% of that, and then you basically live off of, $10 million a year for the rest of your life. And that money keeps perpetuating. And if you just withdraw the profits, it never, and it's just like, yeah, everything is a scam. The yeah. best, the best way to live well, is just fully. To, the best way to live is just to already have money. The only, the only people who win are the, the people who came here on the Mayflower and just stole everything and said, it's mine now. That's the only way to ever be rich. And I got in a mini argument with Lauren because I was like, I was like, I'm morally opposed to that. I was like, that that goes against that. I was like, I know it's the smart thing to do. And I know yeah. it's like, I know it's like, oh, okay, this would set up, you know, if you t win the lottery like that, it would say, if you did it that way, it's like, yeah, I can live off $10 million a year for the rest Easy. of my life. And then my Easy. family lives off that forever. Like, you know what I you mean? Got like, you got like three generations of, it, of chilling if you do it right yeah you got more than that right like even like if you well, do it that way uh, yeah. until like inflation i'm just saying if you're just if you just do like, if you just do the like basic shit yeah that's um, like not even making a couple smart moves here and there oh yeah yeah if you, you just know? let it grow at like whatever and i'm just like yeah but that's like the down the downfall of everything is exponential growth the debt, like the debt, right. like the the mm -hmm. endless pursuit of nonstop uh, growth, and not just not just regular profit, but growth, and it ha you have to grow more this year than you grew last year, is the most evil thing in the world to me. So like, and then it's like, and Lauren was like, yeah, but like we could do a lot of good with the money that we're get, like you know, ten million dollars a year is way more than we would ever need in the world, like ever to live and live. You say that until you have 10 million a year and do whatever and do whatever we want. Like it's, well, mm -hmm. I couldn't even, I couldn't even fathom it. It's you know what I mean? Like I could like, there's nothing that would ever cost that much money to me. You know what I mean? To me for like to live forever. And it's like, she was like, we could do so much good with that money. And I was just like, that's what every billionaire says. That's what everybody mm -hmm. says and thinks. And then they don't. And, then, you right. know, and like nobody, right. like, actually, yeah, you could. <laughs> nobody actually does it. You know, nobody ends, you know, nobody ends hunger or like, you know, ends homelessness. And like, we have all the numbers of like what it would actually cost to do this. And like, yeah, it's just like, I like. It's just I'd rather such, buy a football team. It's just such a stupid. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah. it's like, oh, to even like, even if you like, it, you know, in the 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 millions to one chance that you win the lottery, the the way to be comfortable with it is to do something you're completely morally against. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or just. Or, or just you know, say fuck the future, and just spend the money however you want. Right? Who care? Like, who cares if it grows? 
have a couple good that, years. <laughs> who cares if that money grows? It would still it would still take me the rest of my life to spend two hundred and whatever million dollars, you know, after taxes or whatever. Like if you're if, I if I'm could, like trying to burn through it. If I'm trying to burn yeah. through it, I could. No, if yeah. I'm trying to burn through it, I could burn through it pretty fast. Just yeah. like by not giving a shit. You could yeah. you could and people do. People right. who are not smart when they win huge lump sum from the lottery do burn through it very fast because they aren't smart about it. But like yeah. even living like an like a life that like I could barely imagine it would take, you know, like Oh, obviously I could go out and buy a $50 million house, but what am I going to do with a $50 million house? Right? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It just, it just, it's instead just instead buy $51 million homes. Yeah. Which, which are, which <laughs> are sheds here in Los Angeles. <laughs> I could buy 50 sheds in Los Angeles. Right. <laughs> right. Right. My 50 garages. <laughs> oh. oh man yeah yeah it's wild it's wild but yeah i i think at a certain point it's just you know it's convenience breeds that that exploitation the same way that once you grow accustomed to a certain lifestyle that you before couldn't fathom then all of a sudden it costs more to enjoy that lifestyle you know it's just more money more problems like for real yep but it's not more it's not more problems it's just different problems actually no it's the same problems just on a different scale yeah uh-huh it yeah it takes care of some takes care of some things but just brings brings in different versions of you know your that's any why, deficiencies you have are just amplified they don't go away yeah that you know that's why if i win a billion dollars i'll tell if i win a billion dollars in the lottery on friday i will not change my lifestyle one iota i will live the exact same lifestyle that i currently live and i will just do it in comfort yeah <laughs> i will I'm, not, I'm not, gonna I, will not I wouldn't make that promise but i, I think i would no i obviously i'm jo obviously i'm joking <laughs> but like it was just like, oh, if I could just live, if I if I could just live the life that I live now, uh, but not have the uh the guillotine of money hanging over my head constantly, life would be pretty great. It'd be nice, yeah. I'd be real if nice. there wasn't just the constant squeezing pressure of having to, you know, always uh come up with money or like go into a little bit of debt or you know, uh, figure yeah. out you know that whole like, you know, and I'm. You know what? What is it like? Forty percent of Americans don't have a thousand dollars in 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 savings. In savings, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like I'm even like outside of that, and I'm constantly pre. I'm constantly being squeezed by the hand of capitalism. Yeah, yeah. That's a, yeah. When like when you talk about like genie wishes, I remember as a kid, I was I was always like, nah, I don't want like lump sum. My wish would be for. Just whenever I want to go, like pay for something, I have that amount of money in my pocket. <laughs> yeah, just just that's like that's that's, that's all, all you really need. need. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, that is yeah. all you really need. 
And then you don't get that way. You're not, yeah. You're not worried about like, how do I make this grow? It's just like, do I have the freedom to do what I want to do? Yeah. uh Uh-huh. That's all it is. Yeah. If I, if I buy this, uh, oh no, I need a laptop. If I buy this, am I like going to be late on rent? Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Let's just know I can. Okay. I, I, I need this thing. I can afford this. Cool. Great. Yeah. Let's do it. Dude, I'll tell when I was a little kid, my I, I this isn't even a fucking joke. When I uh, was a little kid, my dream life was my my grandmother's life where she just like she didn't she didn't have she didn't work. You know what I mean? She like yeah. uh and she would like walk to the store and she would like go out to lunch with her friends and mm-hmm. she would like what like was involved with her family yeah. and like you know, she had a she had a little house with like a, she lived with her sister and they were friends and they had other friends and they would visit their friends and they would go to church and go to lunch. And she had enough money to do whatever she wanted and was just like chilling. And I was like, that's that sounds fantastic. That's what's up. Yeah. And, I, yeah. you know, I never heard like she never complained. Like, you know what I mean? And you know what she did? She worked in a shirt factory until she got married and then she didn't work anymore. And she lived off her 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 pension from her coal miner husband and like I don't know, whatever money, like he was in World War II or whatever. So whatever you get from that, and like, you yeah. know, that's it. Yeah. Yet again, you know, another thing just ruined by Ronald Reagan. That was we don't have those. Uh, yeah, exactly. Don't have those options. That was that was as a child, as a little kid. That was my dream life. It wasn't like you know I liked sports. You know, I was like, oh, maybe I could be maybe you know when I was a little kid. Oh, maybe I can be a professional athlete or something. But like, I didn't want to be a rock star like traveling the world right. and a millionaire. I wanted to be my grandmother. <laughs> because she just had like a <laughs> simple, nice life where she like did what she wanted. That's peace, though. Like that's yeah, you know, like that's 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 great. Uh huh. That's all. That's all we need. Yeah. Just give me a simple retirement. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. I don't need. I don't need everything at the in the palm of my hand. I don't need to yeah. press three buttons and have food show up at my door. I need to to go for a little walk downtown to a nice cafe with a friend and have lunch. Yeah, yeah. Community. Yeah, and not I need have to, to work. I need, yeah. I mean, that's really, you know, or like a little bit, like you know, I'll do a little, you know, volunteer work, it's, help people it, that's out. The thing. It's 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 not that I don't want to work. It's that I don't, I don't want to have to work to live. Yeah, uh-huh. you know what I mean. Yeah, then you can do the things that you care do about, things that you yeah that you love or you care about, or like. Hey, if you hate if you hate your job and it makes you miserable, get a different one and not like right. get stuck in a situation where like you just have to like do something while you like sort of half look for something else. But you're afraid that you get caught or like, you know, right, right. Or like do something that like you don't believe in or that like you're not passionate about or that like takes away from your passions or whatever. These are hypotheticals. Uh, if anyone from my work is listening. Yeah, no, no, no. I I 100% am like fully invested in tax software. 100%. I re I really care deeply about it. But but yeah, this is, you know, this is what we this is what we all want deep down. Deep down in our hearts, this is what everybody wants and we're just that's 
that's what the stretch for podcast is. We are, we really know what's at the heart of humanity at our base level. <laughs> we are based. <laughs> we, we are. Ba- that's the key. You know, that's the key. Just friendship, fellowship, little, a little bit of nice things, and and not being constantly squeezed by the endless growth of capitalism. No. Yeah. It's really simple. It's a simple recipe. And you know what? It's all LeBron James's fault because he entered the league 21 years ago. And since then, everything's gotten worse. Uh, uh you know what? Jordan is goat because the nineties were great. Not really, but was it was just <laughs> like you said, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't better. It was just different. It was just different yeah. versions of the it's, same thing. It's different. Just different. That's all. We didn't. We didn't know. We didn't know how bad it was gonna get yet. Yeah. Uh huh. We, we were all we just were riding the, the wave in the and we were children. I mean, we specifically children. So don't blame us. Sure. Sure. Yeah. 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 Keenan, I think that's it for this week's stretch four podcast. We really, you know, got into talking about how <laughs> the world's gone to hell in the last twenty one years, while <laughs> while. LeBron James is reigned above it all. Uh, we had some other stuff yeah. we wanted to talk about, but we really, you know, we really touched everything. We touched hoops, hip hop culture and life in just that yeah. one topic. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and I had, a, I had a lot of fun and you know what this, this podcast, this little weekly podcast is, a, is, is kind of like my grandmother going to lunch with her friends every week, you know, like, yeah. It's, we're across the country. You know, this is one thing that that the, the inventions of the the last twenty years has gotten right. I can sit down true. with my friend once a week for an hour to an hour and a half and have a nice conversation, even though he lives all the way across the country. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then other people can, yeah, partake in that conversation if they'd like. Yeah. They can listen to it and they can answer questions that we ask underneath the podcast if I figure that out. Or they can <laughs> subscribe to the the Substack where you can yeah. uh, read things that we write sometimes and yeah. and make little comments and join a discussion group and things like that. And we can all be a little uh, grandmother circle of friendship. <laughs> That's the key. That's that is the key. the key. So yeah, follow us on Substack. Join don't follow us on Substack. Join us on Substack. Join How about us, that? You're yes, not following yes. us. You're not becoming a you're you're joining in the conversation. So go yeah. to stretchforpod.substack.com and join us on Substack. Uh yeah. join us um on uh you know what? That's all that's all. Join us it's on all Substack. There. It's all there. Keep listening to the podcast and uh and follow your own heart. Uh, as you squeeze back against capitalism and become my grandmother, everyone become Thelma Louise Albright. 